Thanks, Emily. Hope you all enjoyed the fika. As a church, we have been going through the Lord's Prayer. The prayer that Jesus taught his disciples when they asked the Lord to teach us to pray. And we have been working through it the last few weeks. God, God reveals himself to us in the Bible. And unless he shows himself to us, we can't see him. And when he does that in the Bible, we see different facets of his nature, character, or who he is. We see him as the creator. We see him as father. We see him as a judge or a king, um, Lord Almighty, a lot of the armies, and like, keep counting. And it, it reveals different facets of his nature, his character. But when Jesus taught us to pray, he encouraged us to come and call him our Father. And that's what we started looking at, Josh. Josh uh, spoke to us on the father heart of God and seeing God as a father, basically. And then we came and came forward and saw that he is holy. He is like no other. And he is the king. And last week, we were, we were seeing that we, we can come to him as a father, as a child comes to a father and say, God, give us, Father, give us a daily bread. And today, we are, we are going to come to the next line in the prayer. It says, Father, forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debts. Um, this was a helpful diagram we, we had a few weeks ago. Thanks, Al, for that. The first part of the, <laughs> uh, the prayer is God's word, and now we are in the us word section of the prayer. Shall we look to the Lord and pray before we start? Our Father, we come to you. Pray that you speak to us through your word. Help me speak from the word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you have been married for any length of time, or if you have had friends, or if you have been friends with someone for more than two months, you, you would realize that for the relationship to survive, there needs to be forgiveness in the relationship. Otherwise, no relationship would survive. It's just because we are humans, we are, we are fallen. And, as, and when we come to God, it's the same. We need forgiveness from God. And that's what Jesus teaches us to pray for forgiveness. Well, in today's spirituality, modern spirituality, you would find people going after spirituality for many different reasons. It could be for getting a sense of inner peace, for having a purpose in life, for having meaning. But I, I suspect not many would go, go to God or, or, or go after spirituality for forgiveness, to find forgiveness. Why would you go and feel guilty? Because that's the first part of asking forgiveness, that 
to recognize that we have fallen, we have, we have fallen short, we have sinned against God. It might be strange in today's world to ask for forgiveness from God. After all, aren't we a modern society? As believers, as Christians, we believe God is the absolute standard of goodness. He, when Jesus, the, the prayer is part of his talk or sermon on the mount, as it's called popularly, where Jesus brings out different aspects of um, um, morality, if you can say that. He talks about anger, lust, marriage, hate, love, and things like that. And he doesn't say, just say that it's wrong, but he takes it to a level that most of us would be uncomfortable saying if you're, if you're angry with someone, it's, as, it's the same as murdering someone if you're lust. Uh, if, if you have lustful desires, it's the same as committing adultery. Um, teaching us to love our enemies and so on. Just to say that God's model standards, they are up there and we are down there. And we can, we can out as humans uh, try, even, even come do anything to get there, to, to, to be right with God. You might ask, if, what, what, about, what about people? We live in a post-Christian nation, or Western society is post-Christian, post-God, and everyone, what everyone thinks is right, or what, what is right to them is the right thing to do. Well, what of them? If you, have, if you have been around kids, it will not be too late before you hear, oh, that's not fair. It doesn't need, need even, even, even when they're really small. They have a sense of right and wrong. It's inbuilt in them. Um, even the society, there's a sense of right and wrong. You could, we could say, oh, this British society, or the society we live in, oh, it's much different from... 100 years ago or 500 years ago. And when you make that comparison, or when you say we have made moral progress, you're comparing it with something, and we're making those comparisons. Unless there is some standard, you can't really make those comparisons. And even when you come to the individual level, we don't follow the standards that we keep for ourselves. We fall short of it. And that's what Paul, when he writes to the Romans, he says, even when people who don't know the scriptures, they, they keep the law, they are a law unto themselves in, in, their, in their nature when they keep that. It points, that, points, to the, points to the fact that we are moral beings. And as children of God, we know that we are moral beings because we are created in God's image. God is a moral being. And when we, we are created in his image, we, we reflect that. We are... We are, we are moral. And that's why uh, when we come to God, we come recognizing that we, we have failed, we have fallen short of his goodness. And as a good God, if he has to be the absolute good, when things are not good, when things are evil, 
it is within his goodness that he should take care of the ungoodness, if you can say that, or evil. And that's the part of his judge, judgment. He's taking care of the evil in the world. That's where his judgment comes in. We are indebted to God in that way. And that's why Jesus uses this word, death. He doesn't say sin. In, 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 when Luke records a prayer, he uses the word sin. But here he uses the word debt. And I think it's intentional. Debt was a serious thing in, in his time. Some of us have student loans, debts, or house loans. <laughs> can see people <laughs> noting. It, it can be annoying, but this was serious. Like, if you had debt, you would end up in jail, and your family, in turn, ends up paying for it. It's horrible for the whole, whole family. And this is a sense that Jesus brings when we are indebted to God. We have, it's a serious thing. We have fallen short of the glory of God, as the Bible says. And in the gospel, the good news of Jesus is that God himself took care, took care of this at the cross so that now we can come and say, Our Father, forgive our debts. And that's the gospel that Jesus took care about take together of the consequences of our shortcoming so that now we can come to God and say, Our Father, forgive our debts. There is this parable that Jesus uses to teach about forgiveness. A famous one of, uh, of two servants of a king. And the king is taking accounts and finds that um, one of his servants owes him 10,000 talent, that's a large money, that's like all the money you make in your lifetime for a, for a common man. And he says, you better pay up, you owe me a lot, or I'm going to put you and your whole family in jail for what you owe me. And he pleads with them, uh, it's written, the king has pity, has mercy on, on, on the servant, and he lets him off, he forgives his debts. And then he goes out and he finds one of his friends, fellow slaves, who owes him like 100 silver coins. One silver coin is one day's of payment, one day's wage. And says, oh, he catches him by the neck and says, you owe me 100, 100 silver coins. I'm going to put you in jail for this. And that's often how um, we are. We are people who have received forgiveness and we don't, we don't bother about giving forgiveness. We, of course, when it hurts, when, it, when we are discriminated against, when we are cheated, it hurts. But when, when we fall short, we are falling short of a really high standard. We owe God. Uh, it took the cross. It took the, the sinless Jesus to pay our debts on the cross. And compared to that, what others owe us individually is nothing. And that's where this prayer comes in, forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debt debtors. Now, you might, you might think forgiving others is the, is the measure by which we are forgiven. If you would read this, if you were like me a few years ago, but we'll have to see this in the wider context of the good news of Jesus. I think that's why Jesus used this parable 
assuring us it's God who comes first and forgives us our debts. It's his mercy that comes to us first. And now that we are forgiven people, he expects us to be a forgiving people. It's not the measure of how forgiving we are that comes, counts as our forgiveness. It's an upside-down world. It's in, in the first century, uh, the Christians were called, people who turned the world upside-down. For these reasons, they, they were people of forgiveness. Jesus, when he was on the cross, he said, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Stephen, when he was killed for preaching the gospel, he, he was praying for the forgiveness of, of people. It, it keeps going throughout the history of, history of uh, Christianity. If, uh, if you have not received this gift of forgiveness that comes from God, it comes freely from God, if you, if you haven't enjoyed this, can I encourage you to come to God and receive this free gift of forgiveness that restores your relationship with your God, your Father. That's the first step in any relationship, receiving forgiveness, and no less in our relationship with God. And if you have already enjoyed this gift of forgiveness from God, can I encourage you to come again to receive the forgiveness of Jesus. Because we are all living in a fallen world. We, we, can, we can go back and find ourselves being indebted to God because we are fallen. And for us to, we need to enjoy this forgiveness that Jesus gives freely. When John writes this letter, in First John, he he he's, he wants he calls them little children, and he um, he addresses them little children and, and says, "Don't go after the world, don't sin." But then he goes and says, "If you have sinned, in chapter two, my little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one, and He Himself is atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for our sins." But, for, but also for the whole world. That's our heart, that we wouldn't sin against God. But if, if we sin, there is, there is this provision of receiving this forgiveness again. We can come boldly, we can come to his presence, to his, before his throne of grace, and receive freely this forgiveness that Jesus gives. Don't, don't put it for another week or... Uh, I'll fix this myself. Uh, I've, done, I've, I've gone wrong many times. I'm going to fix this myself and come back next week and then settle down with God. Don't wait for that. Jesus teaches us as we pray, our Father, give us this day our daily prayer. In the same, same breath we pray, our Father, we have fallen. We, have, we are indebted to you. We have sinned against you. Please forgive us. And having experienced the forgiveness of God coming through Jesus can also then encourage you to forgive each other. We are called to be a people of forgiveness. 
when I was little, young, um, maybe around 10 years, I remember this incident that shook my world, or shook the whole world. There was this missionary from Australia and India who was then, who, has been, who had been in India back then for maybe more than 30 years. He was working among, um, working at a hospital for patients with leprosy in a really remote area, in a jungle, you could say. And one night, he was visiting one of the churches around, and he and his two boys, they were sleeping in, in, the, in the vehicle because it was cold and they couldn't find any other place to sleep in. And they were, they were burned alive uh, by, by people who, who didn't really, really like the fact that they were bringing a message different to theirs. Uh, when, when, his, when his wife, Gladys Staines, his name was Graham Staines, and when his wife, Gladys Staines, had to come from the shock in an interview with the national television, she, she, say, she said, I've forgiven the people who killed my husband and my boys because that's what Jesus taught me to do. He, he, had, he has forgiven my crimes. He, she uses that word my crimes, and so now I forgive the people who killed my husband. And I, I offer them forgiveness. This is who we are called to be, a people of forgiveness, because we have received forgiveness. Being a multicultural church, it's easy to, easy to freak each other, uh, to offend each other, this is a good place also to, to practice forgiveness and, and learn and grow together as God's children, as, as his family. If we can wrap up and maybe like Josh, maybe we can have a, a homework like you had last time, or maybe let's not bother <laughs> last week. But can, can I encourage you to come to God as a uh, Father, when you pray this, come to him boldly to receive his forgiveness. The prayer goes like this. Our Father, forgive our debts. We don't come as to coming to uh, judge as someone who is guilty. We, we, we come to our Father to receive this forgiveness fresh. And if, I, if, if you could think of the flow of the prayer, it's, it starts off with saying, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And it's many steps below where it, before we say, Father, forgive our sins. I don't read, want to read it too much into it, but when you come to God, don't Come miserable thinking, oh, I've sinned, I'm terrible, uh, I'm good for nothing. He, he, he wants us to come to him as his children, as his children coming confidently to a father. As Josh said last week, that should be our attitude. I'm not, I'm not telling that we take our sins less seriously. I'm not telling that we take our sins lightly, our shortcomings lightly. 
but what I'm telling is take God more seriously. If I would tell, oh, don't think about Fika now. I'm quite sure everyone would be thinking about Fika now. <laughs> Same if he would say, oh, don't think about, I'm not saying don't think about the saints, but I'm think, saying think about God, who he is, he is our father. God, that, let that transform us. Let, let that truth transform our being, like, that we want to be more like our Father. Let that be our motivation to, to lead a perfect life, if you wish, as He is perfect. As a, a Bible scholar from a past century says, if you may put it like this, if you can bring that up. Um, the greatness of our sin is always less than the greatness of God's grace. Let's let that truth sink in. Our, the greatness of our sin is never too much for the cross. He paid it on the cross. He prayed, paid for our sins in the past. He paid for the sins, our sins in, for today. He paid for our sins in the future. We can't work out our own salvation. We, we, we can't do it on our own. Do we fall? Yes. And when we fall, we come, to back, come back to our Father, saying, Father, I've fallen. Please forgive my debts. And having experienced His forgiveness, as I said before, let's practice forgiveness among us and among <coughs> friends or family, because that's who we are called to do. Oh, call, that's what we are called to do. The prayer is, uh, our Father, forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. It's not because we have forgiven our debtors, as we have forgiven. We are coming to God in a prayer, in our prayer saying, God, as you taught me, as I have as I've experienced your forgiveness, I have forgiven others. So now I come to enjoy your presence, forgive my sins. That's what we are doing with this prayer. As I heard somewhere recently, birds fly, fishes swim, Christians forgive. That's who we are called to be. We are called to be a people of forgiveness. Shall we stand up as we go to the Lord's Prayer? The, sorry, the Lord's Communion. <laughs> I would like to read a song to us reflecting on his grace and his compassion to us. Psalm 103 reads like this. Praise the Lord, O my soul, with all that is within me. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Do not forget all his kind deeds. He is the one who forgives all your sins, who heals all your diseases, who delivers your life from the pit, who crowns you with his love, loyal love and compassion who satisfies your life with good things so that so your youth is renewed like an eagle's. The Lord does what is fair and executes justice for all the oppressed. The Lord is compassionate and merciful. He is patient and demonstrates great loyal love. He does not always accuse and does not stay angry. He does not deal with us as our sins deserve. 
he does not repay us as our misdeeds deserve. For as the skies are high above the earth, so his loyal love towers over his faithful followers. For, for as the eastern horizon is from the west, so he, he removes the guilt of our rebellious actions from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on his faithful followers. And as we come to the Lord's table, this is what we remember, his compassion to us at the cross, his forgiveness that flows to us from the cross. And as we take the bread, we remember his body broken for us. As we take the wine, it's his blood shed for us, for our forgiveness. This is open for you if you have experienced God's forgiveness at the cross. If you say, yes, that's me, please take the bread and the wine to remember this great gift that we have from God. As usual, we would do this in groups. Feel free to find a friend to, do, to remember this, to do this together. If you're new, um, we would be happy to. Um, one, of, one of us in yellow T-shirt, um, one of us, um, the small group leaders, we would be happy to do this along with you. And if, if you would like to practice what we heard, if you feel you would like to offer forgiveness to someone in the room or ask forgiveness, this is an opportunity to do that also. Let's go to the table now. Um, we have two stations, two stations down there. Let's take the bread and wine, come back to your places, and take the bread and wine together. <laughs>